Welcome to our Saturday evening service. It's good to study the Word of God. It's good to thank God for His mercy that we are still alive and the provisions He makes that we are still online. In the last service, we were talking about Jesus Christ coming and bringing peace. No, the world looks for peace. Every person looks for peace. Peace is a commodity that is not bought by money. You can't use silver, you can't use gold. You can't use material things to purchase peace. Peace, genuine peace, can only be given by God. And I wish the world knew, I wish people knew, that only Christ can give peace. And you can't create peace until you yourself, the one wanting to create peace, has peace within himself. And that peace, material can't give that peace. People seek for peace, but they seek peace in wrong things. They seek peace if I had money, if I was earning a good salary, I would have peace. It's good to earn a good salary. It's good to have material things, but those material things cannot give peace. Only God can give peace. You can have property, you can have a lot of riches, but you may not even sleep. People, some very, very rich people, have to take sleeping pills in order to sleep. They are troubled. They wonder how they will protect their riches. They wonder how many people are after them. But a child of God that has accepted Christ as their Savior and Lord, and God gives them that peace, they may be having problems, they may be having financial reversals, yet within themselves, they have peace. And because they have peace within themselves, they can be used to make peace. That's why the bride will be able uh, to bring, working with Christ, they will be able to bring peace in this world. Uh, let's look at John before we continue in our lesson. Uh, look at John here. 14 and see what Christ says here Christ said peace I live with you he says my peace not the world's peace but my peace my peace I give unto you not as the world giveth give I unto you let not your heart be troubled neither be it afraid let not the heart be troubled. When you have the peace that Christ gives, you can be in problems, but you will not be troubled. You can be sick, but you will not be troubled. That's why if you have really been saved, very few can really, it's rare that you will commit suicide because you know Christ cares, the Savior cares, we have a lot a Lord and a Master that cares. And so, peace, people look for peace. They don't sleep. They will run. They will hide this way, go the other way, because they are troubled. They can't really think straight. When you don't have peace, you can't think straight. You can't make good plans. And you ne neither can you create a peace. You always want to war. Uh, you always want to fight. And so peace is a very precious commodity, and thank God Christ is bringing peace. He will speak peace to the troubled world, the world that cannot make peace. And so they try. There are so many battles around the world. You hear the other country fighting another country. You hear within a country there are battles. We have people displaced internally. 
one tribe fighting another tribe, one region fighting another region. There is no peace. People run to and fro. I, they, 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 know. they want where it is safe, where they can be peaceful, where they can sleep comfortably. Peace is a very precious commodity. And when Christ brings that peace, the world will rejoice. It will be a very good thing. Then in John 16, also John 16 and verse 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me he might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He says, in me you shall have peace. It's in Christ that you can have genuine peace. Are you an individual that has not known the Lord? Are you a child of God that is depending on the arm of flesh? Christ can give peace. There is a peace that Christ gives and you will not be troubled. You will not be disturbed. You may have problems. You may have conditions in your body. You may be even sick. But there is a peace, a peace that beyond your understanding, that in the midst of problems, you are rested. You are, your heart is not pumping at a fast rate because there is a peace that flows like a river. And that's the privileges. We who are saved, we tell people of the world that Christ will give you peace. They wonder. They, they think you are mad. How, what peace? How will you give me peace when I have this problem, when I have this condition? Well, what difference will it make? Uh, that's, uh, uh, you don't know what you are talking about. And yet it is true that Christ gives peace. Very, very lasting peace. And so Christ is going to <clears throat> to speak peace to the world. And this peace we were talking in the last service, we begin to reach out to all the earth, to all the nations. Starts in Jerusalem, and then it goes on reaching nation after nation, nation after nation, until peace will cover the whole earth. Oh, what a world that will be. When there is peace all over, people have suffered because of war. Even before we reach Armageddon, people have suffered. You see people running. You see people killed. You see people suffering. You see people have nowhere to go because of war. God help us that this world will test <clears throat> the peace that God gives. And so we were going to look at uh, <clears throat> Malachi, not Malachi, Micah. Let's look at this scripture in Micah. Micah chapter 4 and verse 3. And he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares. Can you imagine military hardware being turned into agricultural implements? That's wonderful. That would be a day to be desired when all these military hardwares, they are turned. Even the finances that have been spent in purchasing military hardwares, and that is the turned and agricultural implements are bought. They are used. Things that can be used in agriculture, that will be a wonderful. So beating their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks, nation shall not lift up a sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. What a world that will be. All these military academies around the world, 
So many, there are so many military academies that bring out captains, lieutenants, sergeants, uh, generals, all these field marshals, they are military academies, and all that Christ will, be, will close them up. All that will be closed because they will not be necessary. They will no longer be uh, relevant to the world then. All the military academies will be shut where they learn and factories that make weapons, or weapons of mass destruction, nuclear weapons, all these places, factories, places, where those military hardwares are made, they will be closed up. That will be a wonderful world. So Christ is coming to judge righteously and bring peace. In Psalms 96, if we can turn to Psalms 96, it will be wonderful peace. Psalms 96, verses 10 through 13. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. That's what we are saying. He's not perverted in his judgment, but he shall judge the people righteously. He's a righteous God. He's fair and is going to judge righteously. In verse 11 he says, Let the heavens rejoice, and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar, and the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful, and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice. Imagine that the trees of the wood, so to speak, rejoicing. I mean because the Prince of Peace has come. Everything, a calmness around. Verse 13. Before the Lord, for he cometh, um, for he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth, he shall judge the world with righteousness, and the people with easy truth. Judge the world with righteousness and the people with easy truth. But before this peace comes, there is going to be an awful carnage of Armageddon. Before the world will experience peace, there is going to be a deadly war, deadly fighting. People dying in millions before peace comes. That is the sad part of it. Man that wants to make war, man wants to destroy himself. And so there will be a lot of carnage before peace is brought. In this battle, there will be unprecedented bloodbath in Palestine. My God, people will be killed and blood will flow. A bloodbath in Palestine. That will be a terrible war, a deadly war. You wouldn't like to be there. You wouldn't like to be involved. You wouldn't like to suffer that. That's why if you are not converted, better get saved. If you are not saved, better get saved. If you are saved and you are not serious, better get serious. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. God help us. So, blood will flow from Armageddon in the north down through the valley of Jehoshaphat and into the land of Edom. Imagine blood flowing like a river. That's terrible. When blood has to flow like a river, that will mean a lot of carnage. Millions have been killed and blood has been shed 
until blood flows like a river. It will be a terrible time, my friend. My brother and my sister, it will be a very terrible time. Now, John looks at that scene, you know, John, the apostle, Christ revealed to him these things. And John looks at the scene of this carnage and describes it as blood flowing to the depth of the horse uh, of the horse's bridles. Where the bridles, when they tie the horse, I mean blood will flow to that level, down to that level of bridles of the horse. Look at Revelation 14. Uh, John looked at this scene and see what he described. Revelation 14, verses 19 and 20. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the divine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse, horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. My God. That's what John saw. So, the battle of Armageddon will result in the wholesale carnage among the armies, the legions, among the legions of those who have followed the beast, those that have followed the false prophet, and those that have followed the devil. The battle, this will be to result into a wholesale carnage among the population, number one, that have followed the beast, the ungodly, ungodly civil power, the false prophet, the son of perdition, the man of sin, those that have aligned themselves with the false prophet and with the devil. If you go to Revelation 16, verses 13 and 14, he says, I saw uh, three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. My God. We see right there, verse 14. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. So, if you don't understand these things, this, this, this world system, when we speak about civil powers, ungodly civil powers, they are not in line with what God knows to be right. They are ungodly. That's why they do a lot of havoc. And then the false religious systems, and then the devil, that's why a child of God should know how to live for God, how to serve God. Because you can say, I'm serving God, when you have aligned yourself with Babylon. Babylon is divided into three parts, we saw. There is uh, commercial Babylon, there is political Babylon, and there is religious Babylon. Uh, even as we get involved in the we get involved in the commerce of this world, 
we should, at the back of our mind, we should know that this is not going to work in the kingdom of God. We should know the extent we can go. We cannot act. We cannot do business like the people of the world. We cannot uh, uh, conduct ourselves like the people of the world. When we are serving God, we must make sure that God knows that we are in the right place. So, the invading troops will be astonished and frightened by Christ's appearing in the clouds. The Gentile troops that are going to converge in Israel, these invading troops, they are going to be astonished, surprised. What is this when they see Christ appearing in the clouds? It's going to be a shock. It's going to be something. What is this? They have never known that. <clears throat> they are going to be surprised. And when you look, let's turn to Zechariah 14. We slow down a bit to look at these scriptures. Zechariah 14. And <clears throat> verses 12 and 13. He says, uh, Zechariah 14, verses 12 and 13, And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet. And their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. My God, this is terrible. Eyes rotting out. My God, these are terrible things that are going to, to really uh, perturb the world. In verse 13, it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them. And they shall lay hold everyone on the hand of his, <clears throat> his neighbor. And his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. This will be terrible. It will be a terrible time that things will happen that will shock every person that will be there then. When you read the verses that we have read are terrible. You wouldn't like to be there. When eyes in the socket roll out, tongues in the mouth come out, that, that, that will be terrible. It's, it's not something to be desired. The blood will form a huge lake. Can you imagine the blood of people that have been killed forming a huge lake? That will be terrible. Revelation 14. Um, let's turn to Revelation 14. Blood forming a huge lake. That is something not to be desired. Revelation 14 verses 19 and 20. And the angel thrust in the sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast into a great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Something that those scriptures that we have already read. The stretch of this rotting mess of flesh and blood will fill 
the entire region. Can you imagine the stench, the stench rather, of this rotting mess? The stench, the smell, very bad smell. The stench of this rotting mess of flesh and blood will fill the entire region. A very terrible smell, stench, very terrible smell will cover the entire region. Because millions of dead bodies, millions of dead bodies, my God, what a stench. All those dead bodies and each dead body, the smell coming out, the stench, it will be terrible. It will cover the entire region. Isaiah 34, we can turn to Isaiah 34, verses um, 1 to 3. Come near ye nations to hear and hearken ye people. Let the earth hear and all that is therein, the world and all things that come forth of it. For the, indig the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations and his fury upon all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them. He has delivered them to the slaughter. Their slain also shall be cast out, and their stink, look at that, shall come up out of their carcasses, and the mountain shall be melted with their blood. My God the mountain shall be melted with their blood. That will be terrible. And do you know, the birds of the air are going to feast on the rotting flesh. And imagine the birds of the air, they are going to feast on people, human flesh. It is very touching. Birds eating human flesh. They have been eating lizards, frogs, and fish, and, but here they are eating human flesh. It will be a terrible carnage. In Ezekiel, let's turn to Ezekiel 39, this will be really bad. Ezekiel 39, verses 17 through 20. He says, uh, And thou, son of man, thus saith the Lord God, Speak unto every favored, <laughs> favored fowl, unto every beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come. Gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice that I do sacrifice for you, even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel, that you may eat flesh and drink blood. Look at that. Eating flesh and drinking blood of human beings. How to God Man would not fight. Man would not learn war. This is going to be terrible. In verse 18 he says, You shall eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams, of lambs, and of goats, of bullocks, all of them fatling, of Bashan, my God, eating all that, they will be terrible. And you shall eat fat till you be full and drink blood 
Still you be drunken. How can you be drunken of blood? Human blood. Can you imagine that child of God? To be drunken of human blood? Till you be... <coughs> excuse me. Till you be drunken uh, of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you, thus ye shall be filled at my table with the horses and the chariots, with the mighty men, and with all men of war, saith the Lord God. That will be a terrible time. Bad feasting on human flesh. It will be terrible. Then <clears throat> Revelation 19. Revelation 19. Verse 17. And 18, <clears throat> he says, And I saw the angel standing <clears throat> pardon me, in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. The supper, like I said in the last service of the great God, is it not the supper that you know of? It's not chicken, bacon. It's not all that you have known, mutton. That supper of the great God, human flesh. That you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, uh, both free and bone, uh, uh, both small and great. My God, both small and great. And in verse 21, and the remnant, uh, and the remnant was slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which, uh, which sword, I tell you, proceed, uh, proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. The birds feasted on human flesh. It is very touching. Birds to eat us. Instead of eating insects and all these things that are found in the bush, and there they are feasting on human flesh. That's why no wonder man will not learn war anymore. If anybody survives that, he will know that rebellion doesn't pay. So, at the return of the Lord, both the beast and false prophet are destroyed. My God. Revelation 19 and uh, verse 20. It says here, And the beast was taken and with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with, uh, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image, these both were cast alive unto the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. To the return of the Lord, both the beast and false prophets are destroyed. Civil power and godly civil power, one day is going to come to an end. 
worldly governments that have governed this earth, some good, some appear to be good, some terribly bad, but be as it may, if they are human, however good they may look, their goodness is not perfect. The way civil governments are being run in the world is not what God desires, and they are going to come to an end. And religious leaders that don't serve God, that purport to represent God, it's going to be known that these individuals who are not really serving God in the truth, they were not called by God. God just permitted it. They were under the permissive will. God permitted. They functioned. They deceived the people. Time comes, and the time is going to come when the Lord will say, Time up. So, when we speak about the lake of fire, this is the second death. Revelation 20 and verse 14. Revelation 20 and verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Then he says, he describes what is the lake of fire. He says, this is the second death. So, the lake of fire is the second death. Uh, people have a mind, and maybe one of these days, one of the lessons ahead of us, if you continue listening, we will shed more light on the lake of fire. But people, it is in people's mind that there will be a lake that will burn, be burning throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. As though God was a sadist. God, God was a God that just enjoys looking at people suffering, suffering and agonizing. God is not a sadist. What God is going to do is to destroy like he destroyed. He didn't put the antediluvian generation in a lake of fire that is burning and will burn forever. Neither Sodom and Gomorrah, the people that were there, God just destroyed them. So the lake of fire there, one time we shall study in the details, just is the second death. So the beast is a fallen civil government. The beast, human government, civil government. So this beast will be fallen human government, government, particularly one world governments, one world governments, like the world we are living in now, they call it a global village, trying to unify, uh, making everything similar. So this will be particularly one world governments that overshadow the land of Palestine. So this is going to be destroyed. Now, the fact that the beast is thrown in the lake of fire means there will never be another corrupt civil government over the land that God promised Abraham and to his seed. If you read the book of Genesis, you will find out that God promised Abraham a land, Abraham and his seed, a land. And that land is there, and God cannot promise you something, and he doesn't give you. He promised, and he's going to give them. And so, the fact that the beast is thrown in the lake of fire, what does that mean? 
it means that there will never be there will never be another corrupt civil government over the land that God promised to Abraham and his seed. Daniel also foresaw the destruction of this beast. Can you imagine? Daniel also foresaw the destruction of this beast. We can turn to Daniel chapter 7 verses 23 through 26. 23 through 26. So, thus, thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse than all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down, and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings. He says that arise, and another shall arise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue these kings. And he shall speak words against the Most High, and shall wear, uh, shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and dividing of times, that is three and a half years. But the judgment shall, shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the, uh, to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. My God, they shall serve and obey him. So, Daniel saw, foresaw, the destruction of the beast, and where he foresaw the kingdom being turned to the most high. That means to the Lord. So, the false prophet is going to be destroyed in the lake of fire. The false religious leader, the man of sin, is going to be destroyed in the lake of fire. And Paul referred to him, this false prophet, Paul refers to him as the man of sin and the son of perdition. And uh, he says he would be revealed as the early church fell away from the order and the truth that Christ had given it. Christ gave the early church the truth. He gave the early church the order that was to build his church, that the apostles would continue to build his church. He gave them the order that they would work under. But as the early church fell away, as they, begin, they began to apostatize, things changed until false leaders came on the scene. In 2 
Thessalonians. We turn to Second Thessalonians. This is very interesting that time will come when the false prophet will be destroyed. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and uh, verses 3 and 4. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition Paul refers to this uh, man of sin as the son of perdition the falling away here is not just future uh, for us the falling away here was the falling away of the early church not that we who are living now in the future there is going to be a falling away the falling away took a long time ago it was the falling away of the early church that's where the early church began to fall away and uh, he says in verse 4 who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God all that is worship so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God that is the man of sin time would fail me to go into the details of that but as we continue we shall uh, learn all that so Paul knew that this man of sin would be destroyed very few people know that the man of sin will be destroyed the son of perdition they know that man of sin is right and uh, is of God but Paul knew that that man of sin would be destroyed and would be cast into the lake of fire when Christ returns and that's when you read verses uh, 8 and uh, 9 verses 8 and 9 here we says and then shall the wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders for wrote a lot how that uh, man of sin would come and also how he would be destroyed the devil is not destroyed in the battle of Armageddon very interesting the devil that has inspired the nations has inspired the man of sin very terrible battle that is going to really rage but interestingly while billions will be slaughtered millions upon millions will be slaughtered while that carnage will take place blood flowing the devil is not going to be destroyed in that battle terrible he has led many men have been destroyed that's why sometimes a person that leads you astray himself may escape person that leads you into trouble 
may escape that trouble. So, unlike the beast and false prophet, the dragon is thrown. Uh, unlike the beast and false prophet, the dragon is not thrown in the lake of fire at this time. It's the beast and the false prophet that are thrown in the lake of fire. But the dragon himself, the devil, Satan, will not be destroyed in this battle. Instead, the dragon is bound for 1,000 years. During Christ's reign of 1,000 years, Christ will rule this earth, trying to bring it into subjection to the order of God before he hands it over to God himself, the Father. Christ is going to rule with the ruling staff, the bride, and those that will be found worthy, they are going to rule for 1,000 years, minus the devil. It will be a very wonderful world when the devil is not around for a period of 1,000 years. That would be a place nice to stay, the devil, that accuser of our brethren, that leads people into sin, that has destroyed many. For 1,000 years, the devil will be bound. This is because Jesus Christ returns with a chain composed of 144,000 links. A chain, uh, figuratively speaking, a chain composed of 144,000 links. These are the members, if you remember, this is the bride of Christ. And the bride of Christ is numbered, is 144,000 saints. So, when we speak of Christ returning with a chain, and that chain having 144,000 links, those links are saints of God that were taken in the rapture. 144. They will bind the devil and preclude his operation for 1,000 years. Let's turn to Revelation 20 uh, verses uh, 1. Revelation 20 and uh, verses 1 to 3. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. That is the chain that we are talking about. And if we have understood the messages we have been going forth, that chain has 144,000 members. What are those links? They are saints, 144 of them. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. That's why we say the devil will not operate during the millennial kingdom. He will be bound. He will not operate. And verse 3, And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should, uh, he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years, till the thousand years, should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. After that, he will be loosed a little season. It will be really madness on, one, on the part of a person after you have lived one 
thousand years minus the devil and seen the goodness how wonderful the peace people living in peace then when the devil is losing if you follow him it should be madness on your part but the devil is going to be bound during the millennial rule of Christ and after that he will be loosed and we shall be seeing what will follow at this return of the Lord there is a judgment and a dividing of the sheep from the gods the sheep are going to be separated from the gods this is a, a separate and distinct this is separate and distinct from the great white throne judgment of revelation there is the great uh, the great white throne judgment but that judgment that we are talking about here is the dividing of the sheep from the gods that judgment will be to divide who are the sheep and who are the gods but there is a white throne judgment in revelation 20 where we were reading revelation 20 verses uh, 11 through 15 he says and i saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them and i saw the dead small and great stand before god and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire my god this is what we normally talk about that it would be bad having lived for god then when you are resurrected you are judged with the people who you are in the same company with the people that did not serve god people that were fighting god people that did not have any regard to the things of god they never loved god they never wanted to serve god then when you are resurrected you are with them that will be terrible it will be terrible for you for you a child of god who served god and then you are resurrected with these people it's bad god help us that we shall serve him we shall live for him to where we don't have to go through judgment if you are in the first resurrection and the first resurrection has two phases if i can remind you the first phase takes in the bride then in the second phase those that did not qualify to be in the bride but are found worthy to be part of the first resurrection if you are in the first resurrection you shall not test the second death neither shall you be judged that's why we normally teach and say every one of us should strive for the first resurrection we should pray that god have mercy upon us that we may be 
in the first resurrection. God help us. Because if you miss the first resurrection, you've already missed something precious. May God help us that uh, we shall strive to be in the first resurrection and not rise up and you look around and you see Hitler, you look around, you see Mussolini, all these men. May God help us that we shall strive for a better resurrection like the men and women in the book of Hebrews. They will live their lives that they may obtain a better resurrection. Thank you for listening. I pray that you continue to listen. It's getting more and more interesting as we work towards the end. You are going to discover a lot of knowledge and understanding that will help us. Thank you for coming and listening. God bless you. Amen.
Amen, 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 amen. 